tonight. We've got news and news and more news. So much and we're going to talk about week nine as well. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Cheers. All right. So this is the Fantasy Finish Line Podcast. I am Jason, joined as always by my buddy Dave. Hello. We are Drink 5, collectively, with some other people, of course, along the way. So anyways, um, as always, we just want to point you to our website, drink5.com, where there's all kinds of good stuff every week. We got the rookie report every week. We got confidence picks. We got Dave's rankings. Um, lots of other fun stuff that you can read. What's what's the thing you do every Monday, one of my favorite columns? I call it statistically insignificant. Mm. I just try to find um, random stats that uh, interest me from Sunday and sometimes Thursday. And post them so you have something to read on Monday while you wait for Monday Night Football. There you go. And, um, yeah, you can always check that out. This week I talked about um, how bad some of the receivers are currently. Um, I don't remember the other things I wrote about. It was Monday. That's ancient history. Well, we'd, we'd appreciate everybody who's watching this on YouTube if they'd subscribe to the channel so that you can see every time that we have a new broadcast and then also click the or ring the bell, which uh, allows you to get notifications whenever we have a new broadcast. Um, if those of you are listening just on a podcast, we appreciate you guys also listening to us every week. Um, and that could be on Stitcher, on uh, Spotify, on Apple Music, on Google Podcasts, anywhere. Um, so, so again, we just we appreciate our audience, and uh, we always do. We you would guys love are the best. We'd love if you guys give us some. The guys last week they suck. You guys the best. <laughs> some extra um, uh, lineup questions you can ask us in live uh, um, uh, uh, live broadcast on the YouTube channel Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Central. Or uh, you could always just give us an email at jason at drink5.com or dave right. at drink5.com and right. we'll get back to you uh, on our own clocks. You know, you could be in Australia, you could be wherever. Time and, zone doesn't matter. We will answer your questions when we get around to it. That's right. So, Dave, I have a question for you. What is it that you are drinking over there? Uh, Probably the same thing I'm drinking right here. Sure. Well, we just wrapped up uh, a nice pasta dinner, and so we were we were drinking some red wine blend. I think this one comes from a uh, a winery called uh, Brick and Vine. Although I'm not exactly yeah, that's, I think that's what it said. Yeah. So uh, it's it's a nice red wine blend that we got from from the store. Nothing special, <coughs> but we have a couple of uh, of beers here. This one that I'm going to be drinking tonight is. Two Brothers Amplifier, Two, yep. two Brothers uh, a Brewery based in Warrenville, Illinois. They're more. We're, we're drinking more regional beers tonight, maybe, like Chicago region beers that are probably available across the country. Yes, and we and we just had a shot of Templeton Rye. Now we're not supposed to drink whiskey tonight because we didn't earn it. Four years. We're not. Well, we're we're not buying any whiskey for. Tonight. That's true. We only have the end of a bottle. And I think Jason, Jason will go over that uh, a little bit later. Yeah, we'll get to that at the end of the show. But, uh, yeah, for right now, it's the Two Brothers Amplifier after I finish this wine. And what do you, what do you have over there that's on deck? Uh, so I've got some of the wine, and I've got Freedom of Press, which is a dark berry complexity 
Refreshing tart finish. I, that that's a weird collection of words. Anyways, it's a session sour with uh, currants or currants. Uh, currants, I think, would be how it's pronounced. Anyways, it's a sour from Revolution Brewing, and they make great sours. So uh, I you can't go wrong with that, really. And then there's also a couple of um, of the Hero line of IPAs, the Action Hero over here, and El Dorado Hero over there, and they're all dressed up. With hop faces, so uh, hmm. you know they all kind of stemmed from the antihero, which well, was the original. I'm gonna pour myself a shot here, and I'm gonna drink the shot and have a little bit of a have a little bit of whiskey. Fantastic. Have a little bit of a uh, conversation. If all all of the uh, people at home, please have a drink as well right now. If I disagree with something that Jason's going to say during the news, okay. Would you also like one? No. I would not. Thank right. you, though. Well, if you disagree with uh, a, you a sentiment that I have... I will throw my wine at you. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is this is horrible. This is not how this works. <laughs> All right, so tonight we're mostly going to talk about uh, the ridiculous, laundry, gigantic, long list of news that has been going on in the NFL since we last... Uh, we're all together, so we're going to take a few audience questions after that. If you've got any live, we will certainly do our best to get to them uh, throughout the show. If something we're talking about sparks a question, that's great. If you've just got a specific lineup question, uh, we can field that as well. And uh, we'll we'll talk about last week's bet, and we'll try again. And we, as always, uh, I, I like that you've introduced um, the cut list, uh, and we will get to Jay cut list at the end of the episode. But first, um, let's have a little drink, shall we? Yeah. And then, and then we can uh, join ourselves. We do it live, folks. We do it live. One night, you have to play all the music live for the show. Can you do that? Just some like guitar riffs between between segments. You'll have to wait till next year to see what happens. Okay. Okay, so where do we start with all the news? There's so much going on. Um, there's huge stories that impact things outside of football, um, but we're going to focus mostly on what actually affects fantasy football. Tonight, if you want to have a conversation uh, about the things that don't affect football, then we can have that offline. So, first off, there's, of course, COVID news. Aaron Rodgers tested positive. He's going to be out for Week 9 against the Chiefs. Uh, turns out he was not vaccinated as everyone thought he might be. Or sort of assumed he was. Um, so, the third-string quarterback for the Packers is also out. Jordan Love um, seems to be clear at the moment. But he could certainly uh, test positive, having probably been in close contact with both of those quarterbacks. Uh, in recent days, they signed Blake Bortles earlier today. Uh, Blake Bortles spent spring training, uh, sorry, training camp. This isn't baseball with the Packers. Um, it looks like he'll just play if everything goes crazy for the Packers. They're not going to have to throw um, Randall Cobb in there, kind of like the Broncos had to last year. Who was the wide receiver who played quarterback for that one game for the um, for the Broncos? Do you remember? I don't recall. Oh man, I saw. I read the name earlier, and it's just escaping me. Maybe in the chat. Uh, but if there's if there's a wide that. receiver that's going to play quarterback, uh, not a wise decision to start him. 
I concur. Maybe at wide receiver, but not at quarterback. But that is a whole other freaking can of BS that I don't want to get into in fantasy football. Oh, my goodness. So we, we should definitely, <laughs> later this year, maybe we'll have a segment uh, about commissioner questions. Both Jason and I are commissioners in fantasy leagues. There are often a lot of questions that we are asked or presented with, and not even questions sometimes, but but just situations that we have to deal Straight with. Straight up dumpster fires but as i've always said uh it is better to uh to have rules ahead of time uh for yes. all the things you can possibly um uh, think of think of ahead of time because there will be problems always in every league and there uh, will always be things that you can't think of that will eventually come up sure but unless you have a uh, a, a charter or uh, some kind of written rule set for a league then there will be nothing that people can fall back on when those things happen. So we, we would always recommend that uh, that all the leagues out there, that you guys have something, uh, whether you refer to your own or even someone else's, some established leagues uh, already written charter, that you have something out there that you refer to. Uh, if there are aspiring commissioners out there who would like to see a charter, we can, we can help you out. Aspiring commissioners. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to start a league and do it right, you know, we'll show you what we did, I just, which I think has worked very well. Since it's been so many years now, 10 plus years, uh, you know, uh, as far as being commissioners, being in fantasy leagues, it, it, it just uh, tickles uh, me a little bit. Uh, that there are aspiring commissioners we'll, we'll out there? we talk about aspiring commissioners. <laughs> Jason would be like, I think you're, I don't know, I think maybe you shouldn't go that route. Being a commissioner, <laughs> I highly recommend against it. <laughs> so uh, the, the the quarterback, the the wide receiver quarterback was Kendall Hinton. Kendall Hinton, yeah. yeah we're not we're not required to remember that name. But I, I don't believe that he put up good quarterback numbers that week. No, he didn't even put up good wide receiver numbers ever. There you go. <laughs> so Kadarius um, Tony seems to be a good quarterback right now. He, I was watching it, and they were like, <laughs> he went to his checkdown. That was impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Manning cast. Wonderful. If you haven't checked out the Manning cast, it's so much better than the uh, regular ESPN broadcast. Kadarius Tony. So, some weeks you get Marshawn Lynch swearing up a storm. You get Tom Brady talking shit. Last week was Jon Stewart uh, ragging on Eli Manning. It, it's been very good. Or Marshawn Lynch just swearing on air. Whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's great. Or, or Eli just going, Bruh! Not realizing that he's on, you know, television. I'm not an Eli fan, but hey, you know, we have our pick of the man. I like Eli. You know, I'm an older brother. I have a fondness for the younger brothers out there. Eli is the, definitely the obvious younger brother. Eesh. So anyways, back to the Packers uh, after we digress. Um, Rodgers is out. In fact, uh, having not, just strictly facts here, having not been vaccinated, he will be out for at least 10 days. His next game is in 11 days. So if he can't do the two negative tests before then, then he won't be even be able to play next week. It's it's very likely based on all of the, uh, the people that have been in the NFL that have had COVID and my own uh, personal experience that that won't be an issue. But uh, I understand what but you're saying. But there's there's a non-zero chance that he misses next week. That's correct. Um, so Devonte Adams was placed on the COVID list back on October 25th. He should be cleared to to return this week. Um, and Adams and Jones remain a must start against the Chiefs because they have a terrible defense. Alan Lazard has been taken off the COVID list. That's a good sign, I'd say, for Adams being available on Sunday. So for now, um, the Packers are 
Um, mostly dealing with a lot of Aaron Rodgers memes at the moment. I think they'll be okay, though. Yeah, the, the, the real question is, as far as fantasy value, if you have Lazard and Adams out there, which it looks like will occur, and you have Jordan Love as your quarterback, um, that should be fairly decent. Um, but we don't have a whole lot of information on Jordan Love as an, as an every-week quarterback. Um, if, if Blake Bortles was to come in, then uh, we, we kind of know from, from seeing him in the past uh, with the Jaguars and uh, um, with the Rams, etc., that he should be a more than um, uh, he should be a, a, a good replacement as well. He's way better than any third string out there, right? And, and so I think what we're saying here is Lazard has never been a starter unless Adams was out. Um, both were out this previous week. I think Adams is still the starter for your team, regardless of the quarterback that plays this week. And I'm sure that they're keeping Blake Bortles away from uh, Jordan Love just in case there's any issues. I bet they are. I'm almost certain they are. I know that Blake Bortles, if he can do nothing else, can throw the ball to Devontae Adams. Bortles! (laughs) We we need... uh, Long Island! Yeah. We need a Jason Mendoza graphic pronto. (laughs) Shout out to the good place. So... um, the next piece of story, piece of news, uh, obviously a bit sad. Henry Ruggs, um, everybody at this point knows what happened with him. Um, no need to rehash that, I suppose, other than um, don't make bad decisions, folks. Um, so fantasy-wise, we've got Brian Edwards and Hunter Renfro. They'll probably see a bit more usage. I expect Zay Jones to be the one to replace the deep threat. Um, threat in quotes uh, in, in that he's not much of a threat on the field. Zay Jones isn't. Um, Ruggs was in on you know 65 to 80 percent of snaps each game, um, but he only was seeing five targets per game, so that's not a huge amount of uh, work to replace. Um, we have Hunter Renfro. I think we'll probably see the biggest increase in snaps. He was only in for 50 to 55 to 65 percent of snaps, and he was getting seven targets per game with that sort of limited uh, usage. So I, I think he'll see the one with the biggest increase. Um, Brian Edwards was kind of in the middle of the pack there and Zay Jones really was only like a one catch a game kind of guy going into this. I don't see him exceeding like three to four catches a game right now. So he's really not on the fantasy radar. Uh, the only thing would be, uh, perhaps Darren Waller, as you were saying offline earlier, could be more locked down and, um, perhaps Hunter Renfro, um, moves up a little bit in the rankings. When we see a, a big deep, field target like Henry Ruggs go away and I, I I must I must mention what what occurred with him because I mean obviously uh, most of the people that are really into fantasy football already know but we I don't think we can assume that everyone knows please so, go ahead so he uh, he was uh, involved in a, a DUI accident where he was driving in Las Vegas uh, there was a fatality that occurred um, uh, as as uh, caused by the crash that uh, the car that he was driving was involved with. And therefore, uh, I think most people think at this point that he's going to be going to jail for a year plus. Um, and certainly he's already been released by the Raiders, so there's no chance yeah. of him starting this week. He's not questionable or doubtful. <laughs> um, Highly doubtful. I, I would say, again, as, as we were talking earlier, uh, if you take away the deep threat, which Ruggs is a very fast deep threat, 
then you have players like you mentioned, Hunter Renfro may have a snap increase. I, I love that. I also think that you may see something from uh, Kenyon Drake or uh, Josh Jacobs or other people that are um, uh, available in the short field when Darren Waller is being double covered or triple covered. Uh, it's those other players that are, are making moves out of the backfield into the flat that often get the passes. So I, I would think that uh, some combination of Kenyon Drake uh, and, um, and uh, uh, Hunter Renfro will, will get those extra targets. But Zay Jones is not the guy that's going to suddenly stand up and, and become uh, an amazing wide receiver in fantasy land. That's this is true. not going not to happen. Very true. And, you know, because he's the one taking the place – Taking filling that role, it's you know, it is what it is, and it's not going to be productive. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, to the Giants, Saquon Barkley also on the COVID list. Although I guess he was put on the COVID list uh, Tuesday and already returned one negative test. Um, so perhaps uh, if his ankle is rehabbed, he could return this week. But I, I still think it's unlikely. The Giants are on bye next week. So where, where did you get that information? About the COVID uh, on um, NBC Sports Edge. Yeah, so so earlier today, it's it's interesting uh, because Saquon Barkley, uh, like you said, was uh, testing positive, and then there was a report that said that he had tested negative, along with twelve other people from uh, the uh, the Giants organization, right? But then there was another report that came back uh, just after that one. That said that the the information uh, uh, was was incorrect, and so I, I don't I don't know what the truth is here. And so uh, here's here's the ticker, right? Um, Eleven thirty in the morning, <laughs> the post is that he tested positive. Source Ian Rappaport, and then at three thirty, source Adam Schefter report that he was negative, and at four thirty, uh, from Ralph Vacciano on Twitter, which sounds like probably one of the Giants beat reporters, uh, he works for SNY, uh, was that the Giants actually placed him on the COVID list. Um, so, you know, this stuff is updated throughout the day. How is it possible that there could be 13 positive results among Giants receivers, uh, not receivers, but players, yeah. and all 13 were retested, and only one w- was, was positive the next day? Right? I, I don't know. That's not possible. Well, as we saw with the, Aaron, the whole Aaron <laughs> Rodgers immunized versus vaccinated bullshit like it doesn't sound like they're you know taking this as seriously as they're uh making it out to be no i i'm not interested in in commentary about about covid i just don't understand how it's possible that that there could be 13 people testing positive one day and then 12 people testing negative the next day well that's what i'm saying that's your you're, you're making some commentary there and all i'm saying no, is I, the, I, just the facts ma'am it's I, not... I did not make any commentary <laughs> i just don't understand how that's possible so something is weird with all of this i don't know what it is but yeah something there's is some odd. fuckery going on that's for sure that's that's correct but um, we have we have to live with it as fantasy uh, team managers so true. how do you live with it you, you get the most up-to-date news. That's that's the only way to do it. As many any Calvin Ridley le, uh, owner learned this Sunday, you have to pay attention right before the game starts. Yes. And, and, and we'll that. get to him later, but... I mean, th- there have been several times this year where there have been people that... Uh, and, and, and there always are every year, right? 
that that are that are practicing before the game and are are declared out in in the moments before a game. Right. They're like, okay, we're gonna go through warmups and see how they look. I know that happened. And that's to, what happened to Dak Prescott last week. And Donovan Peoples Jones that happened with a, a Cleveland game a couple of weeks ago. So you you have to be on your game, people. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, it's not up to us to uh, to divine what's going to happen. Here. We can't let you know at eleven thirty a.m. on Sunday that you need to switch your lineup. That's not on us. Our our job is to <laughs> tell you what we know on Wednesday evenings. That's right. Uh, so additionally, on the Giants, Kenny Galladay returned to practice today. Um, he could be playing this week. Sterling Shepard looks like he's going to be out at least through the bye week. They. Uh, he had an injury in the Monday night game against the Chiefs. They seem to be opting not to put him on IR, which generally indicates that an injury is not going to take long. He'll be out this week. They've got a bye next week. He could be back in week 11. We'll see, obviously. Just pay attention through that. Um, so the wide receiver group for the Giants is a revolving door. You've got Kadarius Tony, who left the game briefly on Monday and then returned. Um, so your decision on who to start from that game needs to be made right before the game starts, basically. It, uh, one hour and 15 minutes before any game starts, an NFL team is required to submit an active player list, which is the 46 players on their 53-man roster who are active and eligible to play in the game. If a player is in pregame warmups and they're not able to go, they will generally be on the inactive list. You will know that one hour and 15 minutes before the game starts. Pay attention to your regular news sources because they will tell you and you will be able to make a change. Um, generally speaking, if the games are at noon on Sunday, it's really easy to make your changes. If they are going to be later, you need to at least be aware that there could be an issue and make a, you know have some sort of contingency in place. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, that may influence who you decide to start at noon. You never know. Uh, to the Cowboys, Dak Prescott's back at practice this week. It appears that the Cooper Rush era is over for now. Are you disappointed? You're not going to see any more Cooper Rush for right now, Dave? So my, my brother-in-law uh, is a big Vikings fan, and we watched the whole game uh, okay. in uh, Minneapolis uh, at, at his... Uh, Could you hear place. the horn from the house? <laughs> I... I, I I wonder. That sounds more like a coyote or something, but uh, I mean, it does sound like they're killing something when they blow that horn. I, I see the guy blowing the horn. I wonder how difficult that is. I I know that uh, uh, instruments like that are sometimes very difficult. Do you think to... that's a volunteer position, or he gets paid for it? I hope he gets paid for it. Sure, but maybe there's so many people who want to do it. It's like an honorary thing, or do they have like a professional like Viking horn player? It's like the the Blackhawks guy who sings um, the uh, the national anthem. Before Jim Cornelison is a fucking top notch opera singer. All right, he is the man. So, do you think like the the horn player for the Vikings went to Juilliard? I I don't know the answer, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure. Maybe that, Berkeley. I'm pretty sure that that kind of horn blowing that kind of horn is not a. Uh, uh, it's not a department in Juilliard. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're talking about a little bit more uh, specific uh, music. Medieval wind instruments isn't like a, a course you can take. I uh, bet it is. Well, I know that the recorder is not uh, is not involved there. But <laughs> but Cooper Rush, uh, he he had twenty four completions for three hundred and twenty five yards and two touchdowns with an interception. Certainly not bad uh, for any fantasy performance. Although twenty four of forty, uh, that that shines a, a light on him saying that yes, maybe he wasn't uh, all that prepared. Bit at least, slow to start, at least in the in the start. Yeah. Um, but Amari Cooper was clearly uh, the guy that he was going to. 
uh, in all of those situations that were clutch, uh, and he kind of made that game for Rush. Well, there was some like fluky catches too. Another one that kind of bounced off some people. I mean, like we I talked about with uh, with my brother in law, and during the game when Dak Prescott doesn't play, um, it's not like the other team can game plan for Cooper Rush. He doesn't have NFL footage. Right. Are they going to go back to college? You know, like, it's one of those situations where you can win the game because no one has any idea what kind of quarterback that is. Gardner Minshew. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, also on the Cowboys, Michael Gallup has been designated to return. Um, so he is still on the IR. He's not been active in a game yet. Uh, keep an eye on him. He'll be the probably fourth option for – you know Prescott, so not really relevant other than the deepest of fantasy leagues right now. I I think Gallup could surprise. Uh, last year uh, he certainly did pretty well. He could be a flex play pretty soon after he's activated, especially with Dak Prescott in that pass have heavy offense. Um, but but you're right uh, in that uh, he is not one of the the top three options in the offense, uh, and so not someone you should jump to unless you're in a deep league. So I, I hope you're right because I have held Gallup in an IR slot for the entire year. Um, he did have seven targets in that first week, but remember that game against the Buccaneers, they threw the ball a lot. So yeah. seven targets wasn't necessarily like an overwhelming share on the team. But hey, Gallup's got a thousand yard season in his second year in yeah. the league. Um, you know, he had a hundred targets last year. Well, point is he's already broken out. He's a good receiver. So, we know he's a good receiver. Yeah. It, but, but once he gets into the groove again, totally fantasy relevant. He's in a position where that's why he makes the news, yeah. and and it's why he makes the medium bucks. You know, yes, they pay him the medium bucks. <laughs> uh, all right, Calvin Ridley has stepped away from the Falcons indefinitely and abruptly. Uh, he did it on Sunday morning. Uh, he did it with a tweet that we all saw, like right as the game was starting. Um, if you're lucky, you know, you saw it at 1140 in the morning and fixed your lineup. If you're unlucky, then, you know, you got stuck with Calvin Ridley in your lineup. So it's important to watch those inactives. We can't stress that enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, the biggest beneficiary of this will probably be Russell Gage. Um, just because at wide receiver, that's the next man up. Kyle Pitts is now going to be the primary passing target of the offense. I would assume you've also got Cordrell Patterson over there who is involved in the passing game, but he's plays out of the running back position more, I think. So it's less likely that he'll, you know, be filling the Calvin Ridley role. Um, I expect Gage's snap count to go way up. Uh, and that the fact that he had zero targets last week to kind of be a fluke for the year and not, uh, a going, uh, you know, not a future trend. So I don't know who else is there. I don't think there's any names I know. Yeah, so um, uh, Kyle Pitts is an interesting one. Uh, he he had uh, a, a ramped up uh, <laughs> a target and reception count in weeks five and seven uh, with 10 targets and nine receptions in week five and eight targets and seven receptions in week seven. Uh, 119 and 163 yards respectively. Yeah. Only one touchdown on the season, but clearly the primary receiving target right now on that team, especially with Calvin Ridley absent, Definitely. which we've seen. Um, but this past week, for example, versus Carolina, uh, six targets, only two receptions for 13 yards. So if a team starts going after Kyle Pitts uh, and being able to double team or triple team them, 
much like Darren Waller, uh, I think it'll be difficult for them to find a primary target other than Cordrell Patterson of the short backfield. Uh, I, as far as uh, additional receivers, Tajay Sharp is also on Atlanta. And they've got... Uh, Olamide Zacchaeus. And Tajay Sharp is a guy that has been getting some targets in the game already. So I would expect him to be the recipient of extra targets from Calvin Ridley being gone permanently. Um, but uh, I would I would look at him uh, similar to uh, someone like a Kendrick Bourne from New England who uh, may get targets during the game but is not going to be a focal point of the offense, uh, especially not in the red zone. Yeah. Uh, could be a flex position or a bye week fill-in, but not a guy that you're going to want to be starting every week. Uh, Atlanta basically has no answer to this and will continue to just give the ball to Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts with occasional passes to Tajay Sharp uh, and, and maybe the, the guy that you mentioned. Uh, so, um, and, and that's about it. Backing up your Sharp, so the other game that um, Ridley missed was the one in England, England against the Jets. Sharp played 81% of snaps that day, had five targets. Last week he played 68% of snaps, had six targets. So, yeah, maybe it is Sharp um, who will see the biggest increase, but uh, he has not even reached 60 yards receiving and has no touchdowns on the season, so yeah, uh, not a lot of relevance there, but maybe someone to keep your eye on. It could be good in PPR, uh, and as we see with Pitts, for example, only one touchdown. But uh, I don't think that... Uh, I think it's that uh, Cordrell Patterson is the only one scoring touchdowns on that team. Yeah. Uh, so Odell Beckham Jr. appears to be on the way out in Cleveland. Uh, they did not find a trade partner for him, even appears though they said... Okay, <laughs> I wrote this... Before I read that, they're not even letting him. The practice. coach said that he will not be with the team for the rest of the year. So let's let's correct that record now. It appears that he is not going to play with the team for the rest of the year. I, as a Steelers fan, um, there, there are there are a bunch of Twitter accounts that have said that that the the Steelers have caused this uh, by. Um, uh, <laughs> By by a lot of the uh, the tweets and things that the fans have put out there, really showing that o uh, Odell Beckham was not getting any passes by Baker Mayfield even when he was open. Are you familiar with this? His dad. I think you mentioned this to me. His yeah. dad tweeted a video, which was assembled of just uh, Baker Mayfield looking around at targets with Odell Beckham clearly open and not passing to Odell Beckham. <laughs> have you seen that video? No. That okay, watch watch funny. that after the show. So his dad literally tweeted this, and then like multiple players on the Browns and uh, Odell Beckham, and like all these guys were like liking it and interacting with it on social media. This is one of those situations where uh, I am sure that this happened from Odell Beckham himself. The guys, the guy's a bit of a diva. He clearly is was a great receiver at one point. Maybe he could be a good receiver again. I don't know, but it's not going to be for the Browns. Yeah, I mean, he's in his eighth season, which isn't necessarily, like, to say that he's washed up or anything, but he'll be... Um, Just look up Odell's dad and watch he'll the be, video. He'll be 29 <laughs> in two days. So, happy early birthday, Odell Beckham. Happy birthday. He has the lowest catch percentage of any season he's had. Um, it's only 50% this year. And, yeah, he's not going to play for the Browns again. Um, it sounds like the Browns wanted to work out some sort of deal where he maybe takes a settlement so they don't have to pay him all the money. Um, but they have to pay him the money if he doesn't play. He's not going to take a settlement. Right. Take the money. He could sit out and go to Hawaii and make a bunch of money. Yeah, so if they let That's him go on waivers and someone claims him, 
they can probably get compensatory draft picks for it. Um, otherwise, he'll be a free agent and someone can just sign him. If if he is claimed on waivers, then the Browns don't have to pay his salary. The, per- the team who claims him on waivers has to. And if he's picked up as a free agent, the Browns are responsible for the dead cat money. But honestly, one of the biggest problems with the Browns right now is the fact that their quarterback can't throw the ball. Uh, that's a very good point. He has a problem with deep throws because he has a shoulder injury that he's playing through. The Browns are are are. I I don't want to be too biased here, but the the Browns that were just beaten by the Steelers, a team that many people thought could go nowhere this year, who are now above five hundred and will beat the Browns this year, probably in the standings. Uh, Baker Mayfield, it's a bad decision. The Browns by, are Browning. It's a bad decision by the Cleveland Browns management to allow Baker Mayfield to be the quarterback right now. Well, they don't. It's not like they have another option at the moment. Uh, but yeah, perhaps they need to think really long. Their and hard backup might be better about than, moving on from Baker Mayfield. This their backup year. might be better than Baker Mayfield. Did he sit out a game this year? Who did Baker sit out a game this year? Yeah, you didn't see. Uh, not this past week. Uh, Baker played against the Steelers, but the previous week. The backup played, uh, Case Keenum uh, played. Oh, in, in yeah, that's not a permanent solution, though. Might be better than Baker Mayfield. For, like, a couple of weeks, maybe. Well, just saying. But, yeah, Baker has, you know, Baker has been bad. <laughs> most of the, the only thing that's working on the Browns is the running game. Oh, and that's working well. It is. So, elsewhere on the Browns, you know, um... You mentioned that Jarvis Landry is yep. the only pass catching option, but he is not even uh, really viable in fantasy leagues either. So there's there's literally no one on that team that you should start at all in fantasy leagues except for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt when he's back. I mean, Landry had ten targets last week. You should be able to turn ten targets into fantasy relevance, but you can't. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Baker Mayfield makes good commercials. Not a great quarterback, especially while being injured. I love the commercial where he goes next door to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Alice Cooper lives there. Uh, <laughs> he has great commercials. I love the commercials. Yeah. The problem is he's just not a, uh, he's not a great quarterback in the NFL, uh, especially this year. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. Uh, to the Panthers, Christian McCaffrey has been designated to return from IR. Uh, that's right on schedule with his initially reported timeline. So it doesn't need to officially happen until Saturday in terms of them um, taking him off the IR, which means they don't have to report his injury status all week long. So you won't know much about him practicing aside from if he practices in front of the media, the media will report it. But the coach isn't required to report any information about him at the moment. So we'll find out if they activate him. Then once they do that, we we get normal uh, sort of information flow about him. Keep an eye on the news. I feel like a broken record, but it's very important to keep an eye on uh, that sort of thing before the game starts. It would certainly be a good thing for the Panthers, who have been uh, in disarray after their uh, quarterback that they thought would lead them to the promised land has been doing anything but that. Sam Darnold, the promised land. And CMC is someone who uh, is is obviously uh, the, the, um, the, the offense is based around and uh, Chuba Hubbard has done okay, yeah. Uh, but uh, just like last year, it's not even as good as like a Mike Davis filling in. Well, there. if you looked at Mike Davis last year, he just went down in a trajectory. 
uh, he started off good, and then he just started going downhill and doing <laughs> doing worse and worse. And which is why it was so funny uh, this year when everyone was clamoring over Mike Davis, like this is the guy to get on Atlanta. And and I the whole time was like, nope, 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 nope. Mike Davis was never that guy. Yeah, because so he wasn't had... a great draft pick. I, I freely admit that. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, but but if CMC is able to come back, they they should be able to stabilize the offense regardless of who's at quarterback. Because if they can have half of their plays as CMC, then they don't have to worry so much about centering that and uh, having the quarterback be the the guy who is all important. It, it, they they shift the movement, which is how NFL teams are supposed to work. By the way, not the Panthers. No, not the Panthers. I mean, when you have a player like McCaffrey, unless you were to have like a top five quarterback, you're going to design your offense around him. Yeah, and he was back at practice uh, today, apparently, but in a very limited capacity. Right. So we know nothing about like if he's going to be okay for this week or not. Now, if he's playing, you start him. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I, I you were on the same page with that. Yeah. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, the Arizona Cardinals, not practicing this week. Uh, perhaps he'll practice later in the week. We don't know. He only played 15 snaps last Thursday night. Apparently some of those he snuck in and wasn't supposed to be on the field. Um, they, yeah, they kept, called him unauthorized in. snaps <laughs> on, uh, Sports Edge, which used to be Roto World. I really wish that I could... Sport, NBC Sports Edge is, a, is awkward and doesn't roll off the tongue just, like Roto World does. Just say Edge. Edge. Okay. Um, <laughs> so anyways, Hopkins is one of the few players in this league that will perform well even if he doesn't practice all week. Mm. So keep an eye on his status on Sunday morning. Uh, they play a late afternoon game. As I was saying earlier, if these guys start later, you need to make sure you have a contingency plan in place when there's one of these guys that you don't know if they're going to be playing. However, just like CMC, I think that if Hopkins is playing, you start him because he is by far the best red zone target that they have on that team. Kyler loves throwing to him. Um, if it wasn't for uh, like a, a face masking penalty, he would have had a like a seventy yard touchdown in the fifteen plays that he played last week. Yep. Um, so you have something else about the Cardinals you want to touch on? Yeah, well, A.J. Green was just placed on the COVID list earlier today after testing positive. And, and That's this, our trifecta. This will raise the chances of Christian Kirk and Rondale Moore as the wide receivers on that team with DeAndre Hopkins being slightly, uh, slightly injured. But also remember that, generally speaking, position groups get COVID together. I mean, You know, I, it happened with the Packers last week. So... Just keep an eye on those guys. They Nobody's tested positive other than A.J. Green right now. Just keep an eye on it is all I'm saying. You should always watch everything, yes. Make sure to follow the latest news as we get closer to the game on Sunday. But but all I'm saying for right now is A.J. Green was placed on that COVID list. Uh, Christian Kirk and Rondale more now become uh, more fantasy viable than they were before uh, as those guys were not... not um, uh, lower down on the depth chart necessarily because the Arizona Cardinals tend to pass to all of their targets. Uh, but uh, they were definitely getting less targets on average than a lot of those other guys were. Uh, with Kyler recovering and Hopkins also banged up, this could lead in my uh, estimation and prognostication to a run-heavy game script where you might see uh, Edmonds and Connor feast a little bit more yeah and kirk and Ertz as the primary receivers so 
Keep in mind that he was talking about Hopkins as the main beneficiary of red zone targets. Well, now with Zach Ertz, you have another guy that is easily able to get those touchdowns. Absolutely. So pay attention to Ertz if Hopkins is limited. Pay attention to Kirk if Green doesn't play uh, and uh, Hopkins is limited. So this could be a game where it is possible uh, to start James Conner and Rondale Moore and score as many points as you would with with Hopkins and A.J. Green. And, uh, and so it's one of those things where we're in a bye week. Um, we have COVID issues. We have injury issues. So pay attention. See what's happening. Um, the only thing I would say is that if Kyler Murray doesn't play then for the most part, I would I would stay away from from uh, from the the offensive targets on, on this team. <laughs> yeah. I think it would turn into just a running game with their offensive line. Yeah, I, you know, fortunately for the Cardinals, they have a deep bench right now, and uh, they definitely can. You know, that would be Colt can McCoy survive. Yeah, I was just checking that out. They definitely can survive uh, one or two players being down, and James Conner has uh, you know quietly put up you know some respectable fantasy games this year respectable do you do you know uh where james connor is currently uh in in the overall half ppr running back uh, uh spectrum um i mean i could vamp long enough to look it up but i won't cheat and i will say that he is the rb 23 17 17 yeah so he's he's averaging 11.2 fantasy points per game uh, and he started off the season not doing so well. But I know, again, as a Steelers fan, uh, they should have signed him back. Like, he is a good running back who is now splitting 1A, 1B, and still outperforming the 1A. And number 18 is a player who we said, you must start yeah. earlier. That's Nick Chubb. That's of Nick course, Chubb. Nick Chubb missed a game. He has a higher per-game average. Um, but an 11.2 game average is... Certainly a solid RB2 at the moment. Yeah, being that a lot of those running backs haven't even played all of the games. Yeah. Uh, but he's right in between Melvin Gordon and Nick Chubb, uh, putting him as a, as a solid RB2 on your team where he, in a draft, uh, this year would have been way further down, maybe like the uh, the eighth or ninth round or something. Yep. So in points per game, he's uh, the 27th ranked RB. But ahead of him are... You know, a half dozen or more players who are on IR or buy. So obviously that bumps him up, regardless of how you're looking at it, to a status where he's got to start pretty much every week. Yeah. And James Conner uh, owned in. Oh, now 92% of leagues. People have caught up to that. I'm glad to see that. Um, is that all of our Cardinals news? There was a lot going on with that team. Yeah, let's talk about uh, your guy, Michael Thomas. Yeah, so. Um, it's funny. I wrote this whole thing up about Michael Thomas. And then in a chat room, I was like, guys, is there such a thing as wide receiver burnout? And I, and I basically just like did a whole nother bit about Michael Thomas. So I erased it and I, this is what I came up with. (laughs) So he led the league in receptions in 2018 and 2019 with a record breaking 149 catches in 2019. Normally when we see a running back get used that much, we totally expect them to be burned out and not useful after that. And this is sort of what's happened with Mike Thomas, Michael Thomas. So since the end of his 2019 season, he's only played in seven games. He announced today, I believe it was, that he won't be returning to football in 2021 because of a second ankle injury or something like that. I'm unclear on exactly what body parts are ailing him, 
Um, but I do know that he's not <laughs> playing football. That's what matters to us. Uh, it's for his doctor to pay attention to what body parts he's having problems with. Yeah. So he's still under contract for 2022 with the team. He will be 29 years old at that time. Um, I expect the Saints right now to make a play for Odell once he's finally cut uh, or any other free agent that may come up, uh, free agent wide receiver, because all they have is Marquez Callaway. That's not uh, a lot. Um, And and we'll talk about – well, we can talk about the rest of the Saints stuff here. Um, I kind of split it up into two. But Jameis Winston also tore his ACL – in the Saints win against the Bucks, he's going to be out for the season and probably not going to return to New Orleans because he only had a one-year contract. And when you're unable to finish that year, it's really highly unlikely that you are re-signed. So for now, we're going to see a combination of Taysom Hill, who uh, has been out the last couple weeks with a concussion. He returned to practice today. And Trevor Simeon, who played the rest of the game last week and was okay. He was good enough to help the team win. But I don't know that he's going to be like an every down, you know, quarterback. He may even just remain the backup to Taysom Hill. I don't know that Taysom Hill is going to be like an every down player either. I don't know what the hell they're going to do with the Saints. So, um, frankly, it doesn't affect the fantasy players on the Saints much because there was nobody who was relevant besides Alvin Kamara. Uh, He'll still remain relevant. Um, And as you pointed out, Marquez Callaway, he's been a flex play. Um, but only maybe in weeks three through five. That's about it. He only had three fantasy points in each of the last two matchups. That is the sort of, um, you know, nearing a trend that you don't want to be on the wrong side of. Yeah. Um, so the Saints, you know, they go marching on. but <laughs> And they beat the Bucks. That's great. But, you know, that's divisional football, I think. Like, you, you are built to beat your division. So even when you're not necessarily a great team – you can sometimes still beat your division, and that's what the Saints did. The Bucks are still a better team, and they would win that game nine times out of ten. Uh, we have a question from from Deacon in the chat room. says, uh, do you prefer Gaskin or Boston Scott for RB2 this particular week? Um, he didn't specify what kind of league. So in a half PPR league, which is our default, uh, I have Miles Gaskin above Boston Scott. Okay. And here's what I'll tell you. Uh, uh, Miles Gaskin is a boomer bust performance. Uh, he, he has uh, put up 4th, um, 49th, 10th, and 38th among, amongst uh, fantasy backs <laughs> over the past four weeks. That's not what you want to hear. Uh, Boston Scott, however, uh, has done pretty well. Um, nine and eighteen fantasy points versus um, uh, Las Vegas and Detroit, and he has the Chargers, which is a, a positive matchup uh, against running backs going forward. But he's on a team where where Miles Sanders is on IR, and so they have Kenneth Gainwell and Jordan Howard, three people splitting carries. Yeah, and I don't like that very much because I feel like. That's a team where Miles Sanders was doing well, but the coach would not allow him to continue to have carries. So it, what, what we're seeing here is a boomer bust versus a guy who could do well, but the coach could just be like, give it all to Jordan nah, Howard. right. So this is, a, this is a, a true toss-up between these two guys. I will go with Gaskin just because he's been able to uh, put up those numbers when required of him, uh, whereas Boston Scott is a new guy 
uh, on the totem pole where the totem pole is constantly changing faces. That's what totem poles are. Very <laughs> good. Um, yeah, uh, when I look at that question, I, I lean to agree with you, Dave. Um, as far as the rankings, um, you've got Gaskin at 23, Scott at 25. Um, very close. Yes, they have their matchups are also very close. It's the, the gut Chargers thing. giving up the fifth most points to opposing running backs. Oof. The Texans, who Gaskin gets, are giving up the sixth. Um, the one thing to note about Boston Scott, they got he got 18 points in a blowout win over the Lions. It's unlikely the Eagles are going to be blowing out the Chargers. It is more likely that the Dolphins could blow out the Texans. So I, I would agree with you and lean Gaskin there. Honestly, it's a gut decision because they're so close and they both are unpredictable. You could flip a coin and, you know, and be, you know, most uh, close to as accurate as we are. We're going Gaskin. If we both agree, then uh, that's that's as good as you can hope for. Okay. Let's uh, talk about Derrick Henry a little bit. Yeah, unfortunately, Derrick Henry suffered a fantasy season-ending injury. Uh, it's, you know, possible he returns for the playoffs. If the number one seed Titans are able to return, I believe they're number one seed at the moment. Um, the Titans and the Packers are the number one seeds, and they're both missing their best players. So we're going to have uh, that change this week, I suspect. So he's suspo- supposed to be out for six to ten weeks. I don't see the six weeks happening at all. I think it's going to be closer to ten weeks. That would put his return like week 17. So I don't think that you need to that you would benefit from holding on to a player for 10 weeks in order to hopefully use him in a championship or third place game. Uh, You're better off using that roster spot to help your team out throughout those 10 weeks. Let someone else hold on to him uh, and screw around with that. Um, The way I look at it is what's more likely to happen is that the Titans are either going to be in the playoffs by the time Henry's healthy, or they're going to be out of the playoffs. And either way they would, either just not play him for the rest of the year or wait until the actual NFL playoffs start because that's, you know, that's a smarter way and a better way of making sure that he's fully healthy because uh, I don't think that he's the kind of guy that necessarily needs, like, to get a game under his belt to get going. He's just going to go out there and run people over because that's what he does. Um, so Jeremy McNichols, for now, is going to be the guy to see a big increase in carries. Um, The passing game will probably see a bit of a boost. And they signed Adrian Peterson. Dave, did you put in any claims for Adrian Peterson this week? Did you put in any serious claims for Adrian Peterson this week? Should be the question. Yes. I I went to claim Adrian Peterson in all the leagues that I was in uh, that I didn't have enough of uh, good running back depth. And I I got him in none of them because I didn't claim enough. I uh, saw one. F-A-A-B. So one player in uh, dynasty league had ninety two of one hundred dollars available. Bid all ninety two dollars on Adrian Peterson. Right, right. That was the team that was uh, O and eight. You got to make a move when you're O and eight. Well, he immediately messaged me and said, "Would you like to trade a draft?" Pick I do know that he w- for Adrian. He Peterson. acquired Adrian Peterson so that he could try and trade him. And I said, "No, I would not like to trade for Adrian Peterson in this dynasty league." My point <laughs> isn't necessarily dissecting this one person's. No, move. no. My point here is that he was in very high demand. Yes, because because his name. 
We no, because we know that Adrian Peterson is a north south runner. That's exactly what Derrick Henry is. That's true, exactly what true. they want on their offense. He's thirty six years old now. Yes, but uh, Adrian Peterson is still a very strong guy. Certainly. Uh, stronger and bigger than uh, McNichols, who is currently on that squad. I think that they could definitely use him uh, as much as they possibly can. Um, I don't know that he's going to turn out to be someone who is extremely fantasy relevant, but I do know that I did try to acquire him in thinking that Adrian Peterson could be an RB2 upside player um, for the next three to four weeks. Well, uh, I mean, why not longer than that if he's actually, if it works out for Because the next three he's to four 36 weeks. years old. <laughs> You're probably right. But I, look, I, I don't think I wound up with him anywhere. I, I, I put in some token uh, claims on him, you know, the kind of claim where you're just like, eh, I'm not going to get him, but. I'd be stupid not to put in a claim. I also didn't get him, but but he could still be healthy enough, having not played for a little while, to go in there and, and be good for a couple weeks. Yeah, his last three seasons, he averaged 4.2, 4.3, and 3.9 yards per carry. Not overly impressive numbers. However, he scored 19 touchdowns in those three years. Now, so, McNichols, had a lot fantasy of, points right McNichols had a lot of targets in the uh, past couple games. He could be more involved in the passing game. We could see a clear split. It could be a 1A, 1B situation. Uh, that's what I'm looking at is maybe, a, um, like you said earlier, uh, more active in the passing game, bringing in Peterson, uh, splitting carries with McNichols and Peterson uh, will, will allow for them both to be maybe flex players at best. But I'm seeing more of a um, A.J. Brown... Uh, uh, perhaps even Julio Jones' uh, resurgence in the passing game because those guys are not Derrick Henry. Right. And it, nobody is. You move the ball, you need to have uh, Ferkser. Adrian Peterson tight end. used to be, but that was a long time ago. He, he could maybe show up for a couple weeks, but he's not going to he's not going to live out the entire second half of this season as, as an RB2. There will probably be one game where you're like, oh, I remember this guy. <laughs> but... You know, are you going to pick the right game? I don't know. So I think we we agree that I think uh, people bidding a whole lot for AP are looking at uh, this uh, as being something that happened three, four years ago. Um, but we're living in a league where you have a uh, a quarterback who is in his mid forties and is is better than everyone else in the league. Yeah, that's very true. So it's I, and I wrote about that on my column this week. It's certainly possible that AP could go out there for the next five games and and run a hundred yards and a touchdown for all of them. You know, <laughs> it's possible. So what I would recommend to uh, uh, the gentleman who remained nameless, who acquired Adrian Peterson with ninety two percent of his Fab budget, is wait for that game and then start offering him as a trade. Hopefully, it doesn't occur after the trade deadline. <laughs> I, I love that that everyone knows in our dynasty league you're talking about the one that you and I are both in uh, taking a guy for all of your budget and then offering him to people. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. <laughs> um, it's not like it's not like you're going to suddenly win the league. It's no, o- it's only a trade thing. Well, yeah, 
And I mean, I, especially at 0 and 8. But I you know th- you're not winning shit. But I think it's a, a really good. Um, a you really, have to make shit happen when you're 0 and 8. I think it's a really good way of operating. Yeah. Because I honestly uh, was thinking about making a trade for him, but it's like, how how long can AP actually be a thing that helps me? Right. That has to be the piece to take you over the top. It's not going to be into next year. <laughs> Otherwise, there's no point in acquiring him. Yeah. So, so we want to give him a third round pick. It's that's probably not gonna probably not gonna take it. Oh man. So, um, I, I like to say that's it on the news. Clearly, there will be more news. There's probably more news while we were talking about the news. Well, Jameis Winston, we still got to chat about him. I just did. I talked about him already. I when I, when I talked about Michael Thomas, I jumped into Jameis Winston because I realized that I split the Saints up. I was trying to go team by team. Okay. But yeah, Jameis Winston, he's out. Uh, do you have any thoughts on Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon? Uh, no, we can move on to audience questions. Okay, that sounds good because I'm thirsty. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Cheers, brother. You should drink while you're while you're talking. I try. All right, we we have a couple more segments to go, uh, and we're gonna try to hurry up just because uh, there was so much news. Honestly, uh, that yeah, I don't think we've ever done an hour of just the news before. We're a little behind schedule, but that's fine. Uh, so uh, let's move on to audience questions. We have one uh, from uh, Jorge Martin. He says, "McCole Hardman has 29 targets in his last four games. Yes, 12 were in Week Five, but." Uh, is his role growing on that offense? What's happening with that offense, and how should we value Nicole? So, Jason, I'll put that one to you. So, yeah, 12 targets in week five, then five, five, and seven targets after that. Um, I think that the 12 targets was a fluke. I think what you're going to see from him is more of an average of six targets per game. And six targets per game is not going to translate into a lot of work, especially on the Chiefs offense that is broken right now. I don't know what's wrong with the Chiefs offense. Patrick Mahomes keeps throwing interceptions. Is it regression? A little bit, probably. But um, there's a little something else extra wrong there. Um, and I don't think that Mecole Hardman is the answer. I don't think that Mecole Hardman is going to uh, increase his role a lot. Um, you know, uh, the that week where he had 12 targets was the second highest snap percentage he had on the season. Yeah. Well, he's reminding me of a guy um, um, like on New England, uh, Jacoby Myers, who's a who's a great guy who's getting uh, like four, five, six receptions, but not four touchdowns, uh, just receptions, just uh, just sort of uh, possession, uh, yeah. first down yeah. kind of things. That is not enough to elevate you beyond that uh, that that uh, uh, precipice of of like nine points per game and if you get if you get eight or nine points in a half ppr league it's not enough points not to start every week you need somebody else i currently have Mikol hardman ranked in between russell gage and lavisca chenault if that doesn't tell you that he is not a starter <laughs> in a good fantasy uh team then then i don't know what to tell you so, so- is his role growing um no his his role is uh it's pretty well defined i don't is, think it's changing is defined 
Uh, don't worry, 6996. I need to drop a defense this week. Should I drop the Steelers or should I drop the Cowboys? Uh, you shouldn't carry two defenses. So you're on the right track with dropping a defense. <laughs> but I am a firm believer in don't carry two defenses um, or two kickers for that matter, unless it's one of them is named Justin Tucker. Well, the real question is, uh, if, we, if we're looking at what they're actually talking about, uh, they, they have two, right? So the Steelers are up against the Chicago on Monday night this week, and the Cowboys are against Denver um, this week as well. And in my rankings, they're both top five defenses. And, I, I mean, I, I, uh, I like the Steelers defense who came on a little bit late here. We look at the Cowboys against Minnesota who only put two points up last week. Um, and, and both teams are already after their bye week. Um, the, the difference between the Cowboys and the Steelers is that the Cowboys seem to be on the upswing, having five, eight, and then 10 points this week. Uh, all of their defensive players are, uh, are now healthy as opposed to the Cowboys, um, who don't, didn't have Dak Prescott last week. Um, and, uh, actually had a kind of a, kind of a bad score, um, with uh, with Cooper Rush, I would I would continue with the Steelers, thinking that the Steelers as a team are on the upswing, having won a, a couple of the last games, uh, as opposed to the Cowboys who are just trying to get back on track. Yeah, I mean the Cowboys basically had one sack, and that was all they had on defense. Um, I don't see them, you know, increasing that. They don't have great matchups coming up. Remember that T.J. Watt's the highest-paid defensive player in football? He's on the Steelers. Yeah, so looking at the Steelers' matchups coming up, Chicago, Detroit, Chargers, Cincinnati, Baltimore. Uh, again, not super great, but certainly the next two weeks you're going to want to start the Steelers. For Chicago sure. and Detroit are some of my favorite that's, matchups. That's money for the next two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Although so I- unless you have some ridiculously deep bench – don't be carrying two defenses. I have to say that every every year that that the Steelers have played Chicago uh, over the past couple of it matchups doesn't work out so well for the Steelers. Chicago does it? wins, but I like this Justin Fields. It seems like it's going to be a pretty sack ha- uh, happy sort of an event for T.J. Watt. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Man, Chicago is not a good football team right now. <laughs> so we got a chat room question. Uh, Hunter Renfro or Marvin Jones Jr. this week. Um, we're going to assume that that's half-point PPR um, because that's what everything is nowadays, and that's the way to play, in my opinion. So you've got Marvin Jones way ahead of Hunter Renfro. We talked about Hunter Renfro earlier in the podcast about having an increased role, most likely. I haven't moved. I assume, yes, I, I was have- going to give you that. I haven't moved him up yet in the rankings, but they'll yeah. probably be like right next to each other. I'll be honest. Right. I was going to, uh, I, 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 you know, I wasn't going to leave you hanging there is what I mean. No, no. What you're saying is accurate. Uh, Marvin Jones on Jacksonville versus Buffalo. Buffalo is a tough defense. Um, we're looking at. Think, think Blake Bortles and Cecil Shorts garbage time. Looking at Hunter Renfro versus the Giants. Trevor Lawrence and Marvin Jones garbage time. <sighs> I like uh, Marvin Jones here. Well, I, I probably will still keep Marvin Jones above Hunter Renfro, but but Hunter Renfro is going to move up from being forty seven to more like uh, more like uh, 30, 
32-33 around where Jacoby Myers is. So Hunter's ECR at the moment is 37, and that probably will move up a little bit as other people. He's gonna be a to he's gonna be a WR three in people's lineups. Yeah, but I I concur. I like Marvin Jones this week. Uh, go with go with Starvin Marvin. <laughs> okay. Uh, another question from uh, uh, Hansathon Eleven. Hansathon. Someone running back needy in my work today. Oh, this wasn't a question. It's just a. It's just a statement. Is there is there a Franzathon coming up? Someone running back needy in my work league today said, "I will trade you anyone on my team for Cordero Patterson. Anyone." <laughs> that is fantasy football twenty twenty one summed up. <laughs> so does this guy just have a bad team? Because take the best player off of his team. Uh, no, it's just it's just saying that that this year is crazy and every year is crazy. We, Jason and I just uh, uh, we just had dinner and we were discussing um, uh, how this works every year. Every year there's so many injuries. Every year everything is crazy. It's every year, right? It, it the very beginning of when I saw you today. If you're always busy, then are you really busy or is it just the way things are? And you know everything is always insane in the NFL. Everyone's always getting injured. Everyone's always out. Everyone's always got bi week hell. Everything is crazy, but it's always like that. Yep. Uh, we have uh, another guy, uh, Jimmy High Roller, who says, "Who who who do you think the best ad is uh, for this week? Is it McNichols or is it Adrian Peterson?" And uh, I personally am going to say it is Adrian Peterson. Period. Okay. They're going to use him as the between-the-tackles guy, first and second downs. Uh, they have a good offensive line, and that's what matters in NFL football. I like McNichols more. He's been on the team longer. He um, is putting up some numbers to take notice of while not um, playing a ton of snaps yet. So I see his snap rate really increasing the highest he's played this year is 40 percent of snaps in that game he had 12 targets so i really think that if mcnichols starts being used more well look we, we have to guess this right now i believe that he will be used to the tune of 50 to 60 percent a game i don't and that he's going to see uh you know a lot more work and that He'll be the one in the end who has more fantasy points. I think, but Adrian Peterson certainly has a higher ceiling. I think they will use AP until he's dead because there's no reason <laughs> he's cheap. He's cheap and, and doesn't cost anything, and, and that's exactly what he wants. Yeah, he just wants to run like a fucking stallion that he is. That's what he wants. I get it though. Uh, uh, I need money one four four one. We've got Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts. In my particular uh, rankings, I prefer Jalen Hurts because he's a running quarterback. But we've talked about this many times. I don't think Jalen Hurts, Hurts is a good quarterback. Uh, playing against the Chargers. I don't think anyone thinks that. Maybe Jalen Hurts' mom thinks Playing that. against the Chargers, he could be exposed. But the Chargers' defense is not particularly good either. Uh, when we look at uh, Carson Wentz, who uh, had a, uh, a decent game uh, this, this past week, uh, the guy went for uh, 27 receptions, 231 passing yards, and and uh, uh, three touchdowns. I mean... Do you find it strange... That's pretty decent. ...that we're asking... If you take the names out of it, you're saying, is the QB4 or the QB12 on the year better? Because Jalen Hurts is the QB4 on the season. Yeah, but, but the thing is... Uh, and, and by... 
fractions of points over Mahomes, but I think we're going to find that Jalen Hurts uh, in the second half of this season uh, maybe even gets benched because he's not a good quarterback, right? And uh, but right now he is scoring twenty plus points per game, no matter what he had. And I was I, I brought this up every week. This is the first week finally he broke his like he he crashed through the floor before his worst game was twenty one point eight points. And this last week he had only 11.2. And that's because they were blowing out Detroit. When they're, you know, when they're doing well again, is he going to pick it up again? I don't know. I guess it comes down to, like, what he's able to accomplish in the passing game because he's always going to put up what he always puts up in the rushing game. And against the Chargers, uh, how are the Chargers against the quarterback? It doesn't even – can you even reliably use fantasy points against – for a guy like Jalen Hurts, who isn't like any other player in the league. No. Okay. So I think we'll both agree that Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback here. However, Carson Wentz. The best fantasy quarterback here. Carson Wentz is the long-term quarterback. Jalen Hurts could be benched at any time because he's not a good quarterback. Yeah. Uh, last uh, question we have is uh, from Keith Murray, L.A., that is Michael Carter and Shuba Hubbard, assuming no Christian McCaffrey, and Devontae Booker with no Barkley, choose two of those. Now, assuming that there's no Christian McCaffrey and there's no Saquon Barkley, I, I, I love Michael Carter, I love Shuba Hubbard, and I love Devontae Booker. I like them all. Okay. Uh, it looks like uh, Barkley will be out. So I'm going to say Devontae Booker was very good last week. I had him on a couple squads. He had over 100 yards all purpose. I was unhappy purpose. with that. You and I, you and I came down to, uh, you know, I needed a big game from Shepard and for Booker to, it wouldn't know, have mattered. Struggle. No, it was only a 10 point gap going into the game. But it wasn't a struggle. Like he could have scored five points and they still, I still would have won. Well, because Shepard sucked. I needed. I preface this by saying I needed a big game out of Shepard. But what was great is we played in two matches. In each match, the loser had Emmanuel Sanders, <laughs> who had zero points. We didn't talk about Emmanuel Sanders. Screw Emmanuel Sanders, though. <laughs> what a bum, right? Yeah, that was disappointing. No, it was just a, a game that was not targeting him. Uh, they, he did have like four targets, but he didn't catch any of them. Right. Zero yeah. points. Uh, anyway, uh, I like Michael Carter going forward, uh, and I like Chuba Hubbard, and I like Devontae Booker. But with no Barkley... Uh, no CMC, no, no, uh, mm. uh, I, I think I have to go forward with, with Devonte Booker because he was the focal point of the offense there. No matter what he was, they were always passing to Booker. It was awesome. Yeah. And Chuba Hubbard is not always like that. He's more of a touchdown dependent, uh, 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 fill in for Christian McCaffrey, kind of like Mike Davis that has sort of gone a little bit down the tubes. So I would say Michael Carter and Devontae Booker are the best out of those three selections. Right? Yeah, so the the first one on this list, assuming that the big names don't play, Michael Carter. If one of the big names plays, pair him with Michael Carter. If not, Devontae Booker. Yeah, agreed. Yep. Great. I'm in your book. Well, let's, uh, let's, go with, let's go with the bet. Okay. So last week we in had a boat. bet. Didn't quite work out. Um... So we each had a small team, four players each, and it turns out that the leftover players kicked our butts. So we're going to re-rack the bet, we're going to try again, we're going to not embarrass ourselves this week. We're going to pick some, from some higher ranked players this week to give ourselves a head start. So basically, 
Uh, the way this works is we're going to have three players who are all ranked next to each other on your rankings, which you can find at drink5.com. Dave is also listed as an expert on fantasypros.com. But the only place to see Dave's rankings on their own is on our website, drink5.com. So um, we will take turns picking first, and we will uh, pick quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, half point uh, PPR, uh, standard scoring otherwise. Um, Just to give you an idea, so last week our leftovers team scored 63.6 points, which is um, just five points shy of our combined totals. By the way, last week... um most of the fantasy leagues that I've been in uh, had low scores across the board. I yeah, know. it's been really low lately. So, so I would say that uh, um, everything that people expected we're to due have to hit happened. some overs. Let's do it. That's right. We're we're not what actually occurred. We're not due. Nobody's ever due. So, who gets to start first there, Jason? Uh, well, you started first last time. Do you want to go first again, or do you want to defer to me? You've won the coin flip. That we'll say you can you can go first or you can defer. Are we going to go for a whiskey again? And uh, are we going to yes, let the lefto- leftovers team be? Um, uh, so Jess is going to take whatever's left over, right. and and she, uh, for better or worse, has to comply with the bet. So you go first this time. Okay, if if you want, you can defer, which means you get to pick running back and tight end first, or you can pick quarterback and wide receiver first. Uh, I I will defer. Okay, so we're gonna go with your quarterbacks seven through nine, <laughs> which is Justin Herbert playing in Philadelphia, oh. Dak Prescott hosting Denver, and Jalen Hurts hosting the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh boy, this one. Um, like again, I didn't. I, I wrote these down. I didn't sit there and consider exactly what I wanted, which is is makes for better radio, I suppose. If I give you an answer right away, instead I have to vamp a little. And good thing we're not on the radio. I like, um, I like Dak Prescott a lot. I think Dak Prescott's going to be my guy. I'll take Justin Herbert. Yeah, that's a smart move because Jalen Hurts is a bad at being a quarterback. But he'll probably beat both of us with two touchdowns rushing. Right, that's what's going to (laughs) happen. So, Dave, uh, you're the first one up at running back. And we're going to go with 6 through 8. So some big names here. Your guy, Najee Harris, playing at home versus Chicago on Monday night. Ezekiel Elliott hosting Denver. And Daryl Henderson Jr. hosting Tennessee. That's the Sunday night game. The Rams in Tennessee. Going to be awesome. Like, that's the game of the week, in my opinion. Anyways, Dave, who do you like this week? I'll take Najee Harris. Najee, Najee. It's hard for me to pick against my own rankings, my friend. I I know what you mean, and you said that last time, but you still like you didn't you didn't go all chalk. Uh, I'm gonna take Daryl Henderson. Uh, he is just a touchdown machine. Uh, I, I love watching this guy play. I love the gets, Rams offense. Just gets Ezekiel Elliott, who will probably score two touchdowns versus Denver. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, she's pretty excited about that. <laughs> All right. At wide receiver, we're going to dip down a little bit. Emmanuel uh, Sanders. Wide receiver is 24 through 26. Woo! The aforementioned bum in our eyes, Emmanuel Sanders, yeah. travels to Jacksonville. 
Jerry Judy travels to Dallas, and Jalen Waddle is home hosting Houston. So, um, Jerry Judy just returned last week. He was underutilized, did not start, could be better. Manuel Sanders, obviously just a big, fat donut last week, and Jalen Waddle is the only one on this list who's putting up good numbers in the last couple weeks. My choice first. I'm going to go with the trend here. I'm going to say that Jalen Waddle completes the trend. I'll take Emmanuel Sanders. Oh, all right. So Dave goes chalk. <laughs> it's okay. They're your rankings. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's going to fault you for following your rankings. Well, I spent a long time figuring out which one was higher than the other. So I- I'm sure that you considered those three specifically. So for me to, uh, for me to go with somebody else just doesn't seem right. Uh, and the so, last uh, and Jess is taking the Pontiac Bandit himself, Jerry Judy. The top three tight ends. The top three tight ends. They caught my eye because we talked about one of them tonight, and uh, the other one is a little, yeah. But tight end in general has been uh, this year. Uh, so Travis Kelsey number one versus Green Bay. Darren Waller, number two, at the Giants. And Dallas Goddard, number three, hosting the L.A. Chargers. David, is your choice. Who do you like? Travis Kelsey. All right. Um, I, I know you think it's silly to pick Travis Kelsey and Emmanuel Sanders. However, <laughs> they clearly have the, the most opportunity to score a batshit amount of points. Sure. I mean, Darren Waller really like is the reception machine of no, this group. Not this year. Not this year at all. But man, I like. There's one less guy to to cover on the Raiders. Uh, I don't know why he would suddenly get more receptions. It's true. It's true. <laughs> you should take Darren Waller. Maybe this this week is different. <laughs> Let's see. I mean, Waller, Goddard's, you know, over 70 yards the last couple weeks. I'm going to go Waller, though. I'm going to go Waller. Okay. And Jessica gets Dallas Goddard. And Jessica wins. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. All right. So shall we burn down our cut list right quick? Yeah, go ahead. Just a few guys to cut. If we have any comments, we can stop. Uh, so at quarterback, we're going to cut Matt Ryan and Deshaun Watson. It looks like Watson's not going to play this year. And Kirk Cousins. Um, he had a disappointing game in primetime, as he always does. Uh, he deserves to be cut for that. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Send a message. I don't think any of those players should be rostered in regular, regular leagues. No. At running back, Kenneth Gainwell. Obviously, that is a big mess. In Philadelphia, he was a picked up. He was a player that was picked up a lot. David Johnson, who everyone thought he may get an increase in snaps since Mark Ingram left for the Saints, but he only played eighteen percent of snaps last week. So definitely not what we expected to see. It was Rex Burkhead who had a bigger um, share of snaps. So what year is it exactly? I'm not sure. Uh, you got Dearness Johnson, who did very well in relief. But Chubb is back, and uh, Kareem Hunt should be back soon enough. Derrick Henry, I say don't hold on to him. I I know that he's out, but I added him on this list just because some people may 
have the idea of holding on to him. I don't think that that's the right thing to do. do would you hold on to him if you were a Henry owner, Dave? No. Okay. Uh, I, I, Dearness Johnson uh, has a possibility of of actually winning the spot over Kareem Hunt because he has been doing so well. Uh, so I would I would uh, at least think twice about that. Okay. What do you think about Miles Gaskin? Would you hold on to him just because he's you know, he's not necessarily performing very well, but he's still like the main guy in if these Miami. Are, if these are deep leagues, uh, Gaskin and Johnson are are interesting to me. The other guys you mentioned are throwaway guys. Yes. Okay. Uh, but the, the, they they have the possibility. There's a possibility there, of of continuing to be the guy. Like the Ernest Johnson has the momentum right now. You know what I mean? That's true. Uh, the, so these are possibilities, but they, they, they are not, uh, they're certainly not the incumbent players. All right. We've also got Devin Singletary. He's owned in 78% of leagues still. I don't get it. Uh, he's only had one good game all year and that was in week two and Javante Williams, who is just not getting used enough. If he was being used more and not splitting with Melvin Gordon, fine. Uh, I'm all for having Javante Williams around. But he's just not being used enough. He's going to be too tempting to start and disappoint you every week. Yeah, there's a guy that uh, is better in Dynasty Leagues and obviously next year. Yes, kind of obviously. Situations. Yeah, you're keeping him in Dynasty Leagues. Yeah, but Mel- Melvin Gordon is, is still scoring enough points where uh, you don't want to be starting Javante on a regular basis. So at wide receiver, we're cutting Michael Thomas. Obviously, that needs to be done because he's the, said he's not going to play football again this year. Uh, Sterling Shepard, with him being out the last couple weeks and struggling uh, most of the time. Other than that, with so many receiving options there and Kadarius Tony coming up, I don't see Sterling Shepard being hugely relevant and worth holding on to while he's not playing. Honestly, the problem with Shepard is that it's kind of like a um... – if he is healthy and playing for that team, he's a he's a PPR magnet, which is very similar to uh, a player on the on the Jets that they've had for for quite a while. Yeah, uh, who has also been injured this year. And uh, what is his name? I'm talking about Corey Davis? No, no, Jamison Crowder. Oh, and so both of those guys uh, could get five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten targets per game. Um, but if they're not working for you in a redraft league, if they're not healthy, then you have to get rid of them, period. Uh, one quick question out of the chat room we can feel before we get out of here. Uh, who should I play? Thielen. Uh, this is Marcus Navarro asking. Who should I play? Thielen, Michael Carter, or Damian Harris in PPR? So, obviously, Michael Carter's been getting a lot of receptions lately. That's encouraging. And your flex rankings, Dave, I see uh, Adam Thielen at 28, Carter at 36, and Harris at 30. So they're all relatively close together. Um, Adam Thielen being the top of that bunch. I can't disagree with Adam Thielen there. I don't. I would feel weird starting a Jets wide receiver over Adam Thielen. Running back. Running back, my bad. Yeah. I knew that. Yeah, Thielen and, <laughs> Thielen and Harris. Uh, well, I think we're just starting one, but yeah, you know, in, in that order. Thielen, then Harris. I, I love Michael Carter. We just discussed this. 
Uh, he's breaking out a little bit, uh, as we talked about at the beginning of the year, uh, being the guy in that backfield. But um, if you're talking about Damian Harris, who's getting more targets, uh, or uh, Adam Thielen, Adam Thielen doesn't even have to be involved in the dis- this discussion at all. Yeah. Like, he is a PPR junkie. He's above those guys. Uh, and and the Vikings, although they haven't been an amazing offense so far this year, there's no reason why they they shouldn't be able to target Thielen uh, heavily. And and just like they did last week, it's going to happen again. So if if this is just one, obviously Thielen. If this is two, I I love Thielen and Harris. It, it's sad for me to to let Carter go. Because I think Carter is like in in mid breakout, but yeah, and actually I didn't adjust this for PPR itself. In PPR, it is Thielen and then a huge gap, and then the other two guys. Yeah, um, a couple more on the cut list, and then one controversial one. I want to see your take on it. So Calvin Ridley and Odell Beckham Jr. cut him. Devonta Smith, no good. Cut him. He's got a bad quarterback. Robbie Anderson not working out there with Sam Darnold. Uh, not working out this year, anyways. So. I think Julio Jones, owned in 89% of leagues, cut him. What do you think about Julio being cut? You think it's too early? You think I'm jumping the gun on that one? Or do you think that he's kind of, uh, you know, between the injuries and just not really clicking with the team? You know, he's got a 15-point game, and his highest other game is 7. Cut him. Julio is done. AJ Brown is going to be massive this week. Yeah, especially with Derrick Henry out. Yeah. Uh, Julio is just we we've given him opportunities all year, not happening. Uh, Tannehill doesn't seem to favor him. It's he has no touchdowns this year. No, AJ Brown is 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 what it is. Fair enough. And at running or at tight end, we had a couple. Evan Ingram. Um, just not really doing a lot this year. Probably not owned on many teams. Ricky Seals-Jones. You got Logan Thomas coming back after the bye week. And Robert Tanyan, who just went to the IR. Well, I'm not going to argue against anyone going to the IR. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the IR is a lot shorter this time this year, so you might keep some people through the IR, but Robert Tanyan is not the person you should be keeping through the IR. Yeah, well, Evan Engram actually had a touchdown last week. The first touchdown of the entire year. It's funny that you take this moment to put him onto uh, the cut list. Uh, well, but, don't be enchanted by his one touchdown that he's going to score this year. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I, I, I'm simply saying... Um, he was it, 3 for 15 in the, a touchdown. There's a reason why uh, many people that are engaged with the NFL were rooting for Evan Engram to be traded because he's not being utilized in the way that he should be as a tight end that's a pass catcher. I totally agree. And so... And though he's trending up with 3.9, 7.4, and 9 points, <laughs> I still think we cut him. Uh, so if you're in a redraft league, I agree. Yep. Great. Um, so, everybody, make sure that you uh, check your lineups before the game start. Uh Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube. Subscribe to us on YouTube. That's how it works. Um, you know, wherever you get this podcast, make sure to review it. Give us a good rating so that people can see that uh, you like us and that uh, we're, we're doing a good job here. Or, or not. Just say so. Um, all news is good news, right, Dave? 
Or all press is good press? Is that what they say? Sure, that's what they say. Okay. Thank so, you. So thanks a lot, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Drink five, folks. Cheers. Thank you very much. <laughs>